Heavenly Father, uh, we again come before you to ask you to go before us here as we record. Father, help us to sweep away aside um, foolishness and, and help us to be serious about what you're calling us to discuss here. This is a very serious topic, and uh, we want to give you honor and glory. We want to be in your will. We want to be uh, guided by your word. And so, Father, um, help us be wise. Help us to understand that while Everything may be lawful to us, not everything is good. And Father, we understand also that your word says it's a good thing when a man finds a wife. And so, Lord, help us to connect the two here today, dating to marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And it's a good thing when a woman finds a husband. <laughs> <laughs> Hail and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Evident. Today we are talking about dating, and this is part two in dating, where we will be discussing roles. I am Melissa, and with me are Jenna, Bryn, and we have two special guests. We have Mr. Smith and Mr. Hardian from IFI. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, grateful to be here, yeah. So this is a really exciting series that we are um, embarking on. Dating is such a common thing in our generation, especially as culture has become more and more ingrained in the hookup of dating, which is why we are deciding to do this series, because we need to know what biblical dating looks like. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, we went through what dating is and what its purpose is, which is marriage. In this episode of dating, we are going to be discussing roles. What are the roles in dating? And this includes the parents, the man, and the woman. But before diving into the dating roles, it's important to emphasize who to date. As believers, we are not to date unbelievers. Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? 2 Corinthians 6.15b and verse 17 says, Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So first and foremost, do not consider anyone who is not a believer. Yeah, the Lord calls us to be separate. He calls it holy. Be holy because I am holy. And the word holy literally means to be separate. And so um, how can your home or household be in part holy and set aside for the service of the Lord and in part set aside in serving the world? That's uh, that's another scriptural verse, mm -hmm. right? How can Absolutely. a house stand divided? It can't. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Another thing, like with choosing a partner who is not unequally yoked um, from you, is when we choose a partner for marriage and for dating, there's supposed to be someone who's going to help us spiritually and is going to help us grow in our faith, and we're going to help someone them. pointing us to Christ yes. mm -hmm. and Absolutely. growing together with us. And without someone who is of the same faith <laughs> as you, it is very hard to have that have that happen and it can discourage you in your faith a lot absolutely christ is the cornerstone and he is the foundation for everything we do the foundation for all of our lives and that includes dating now we get into the exciting part of roles everyone's favorite part we love being told what to do okay Alyssa, before we go yeah. there, can I make one comment? Like, Absolutely. I, like everybody was in agreement, but I can just hear some people thinking there's a term, it's called missionary dating. Mm. And missionary dating is the concept that, well, I'm a believer. I'm going to convert this guy or I'm going to convert her. this girl. 
I mean, missionary dating, it to me, is a fallacy, right? Um, it's not unlike sending your kids to public school so that they can be light in darkness. There's just certain situations you don't want to put yourself into, and you don't want to put yourself into a situation when you give your heart to a non-believer. Yeah. Notwithstanding, God has said, don't be unequally yoked. Yep. Okay. Um, the the pain that will come from that will be immense. Absolutely. And, it, and statistically, it does not work out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Also, another thing with choosing who you date, even if someone says that they're a Christian, it does not mean that they're always a Christian. You kind of have to look at their life and if they have any fruits exactly. coming from their faith. Absolutely. The first date I had with Ben lasted five hours where it was just us talking about important subjects, about foundational subjects. And you, it doesn't have to be an interview. You don't have to be like, I need to know what you think about this. Because some Wait, people can... you didn't can, come with a test? I did not. No? <laughs> um, I gave personal life examples, and I watched to see how he responded to it. Ah. Because that's kind of how I realized you kind of need to pull the truth from somebody, because anyone can put on a face and say, oh, yeah, I agree with you, or I believe this, because they know it's what you want to hear. But what I found is just be just having a conversation, talking about serious things, seeing how they respond to you. So body language is a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's very important to get to know someone before you actually become official, before you actually get really serious. Agreed. Alyssa, I like I like what you said because I hear intentionality behind mm. what you did. That's it. Yep. And so often in the concept of dating, and, and I know we're going to get into that, and you've already covered it in some other uh, episodes here at Self Evident, but you were intentional mm -hmm. with your questions. You had purpose behind it, which mm -hmm. I love, because ideally there is a purpose behind a man and a woman getting together, and that purpose is marriage. So you, you were intentional with those questions. Good for but you. that's not what the world sees dating as, is it, Rich? It's Dating is uh, a good way to bide your time or um, to, to put a notch on your belt or to, uh, I don't just... Uh, it's get accolades. It's recreation. Mm -hmm. So dating in mm -hmm. the world standards is recreation. It's yeah. a way of getting together, having fun, short-lived fun. Yep. And, and I would uh, pose that the fun is... Um, fleeting meaning that it's temporary it's not long term right. and so what we're talking about in this podcast is hopefully moving away from the concept of uh dating which i think is sort of a terrible term um and more of the concept of looking for a spouse mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's a very very good point and i think that's a perfect segue when it, we start to consider this idea of dating in a secular environment, and what does that mean for the biblical role of the parents, for the biblical role of the man, and the biblical role of the woman. And surprisingly, scripture is relevant for every topic, and that includes dating. So the first role co to consider is the parents. Before a young man and young woman are married, each has a responsibility to honor and obey their parents. What do y'all think about taking a break in a relationship? Like, we just need to spend some time apart real quick. If there's some sin issues that need to be dealt with or there's relational issues that need to be dealt with, but you still have hope for the relationship, it might be a good idea to take a break, talk to people who you trust, 
spend some time away from each other so that you don't have that emotional high because that's really what the culture likes and that's why divorce rates in Hollywood are so high because they're in they're looking for that emotional high where they have that honeymoon phase where every time he touches you you get these goosebumps and these butterflies and when that goes away it's like oh divorce papers I don't love you anymore so sometimes in dating I would say it depends on the situation, but it might be a good idea to take Because I heard this one thing that was like, why would you be in a relationship that you're going to hopefully get married and stay forever to, together if you're just going to, like, every hard thing, you're just going to be like, oh, we just need to spend time apart. I would say it depends on what the problem okay. is. And, and as far as when you're dating, um, to take a break may not be a bad idea because um, you could be emotionally clouded in your thinking. And um, and not see the forest for the tree because you're so involved, you're not thinking things through clearly. And to take a step back, not to break up, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but to step back and say um, what's really important, what's really happening here. Um, is it true? Is it good? Is it God-honoring? Does God approve of this? Am I in his will? You know, that's very important. Yeah. Absolutely. And we covered a lot of that in the previous episode on dating for reasons not to date that you do not date for physical involvement. That is not the purpose of it. That is not why God intended for two people to get to know each other. That is meant for the marriage bed, and the marriage bed is undefiled. Um, You do not date for physical involvement. You do not date for emotional stability because your stability comes from Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you're finding emotional stability, I'm not saying you can't find safety, emotional safety in someone. Of course, you should find that in your spouse. But if you're finding stability in somebody you're dating that you don't go to anyone else except that person, there's a problem. You're a little bit too attached to them when you should be attached to Christ as your foundation. Amen. What about boredom? Is it okay to date just because you're bored? No. No. Ben better not be dating me because he's bored. (laughs) (laughs) I got a ring. I'm pretty sure that's not why. Yeah. So does everybody know that Alyssa is, is um, yes. engaged? Yes, okay. We did a whole episode we on it an episode. All right. We just want to Promoting remind maybe new listeners. Yes. We did an episode because we are, you know, the Illinois Family Institute is the Illinois Family Institute. So yes. marriage is part of Absolutely. family. Uh, you can't get so we fam- got to promote it. shouldn't get family without marriage, yes. Very true. The first role to consider in dating is the parent's role. Which I don't is think why we have two fathers here. We today. do have two yeah. fathers here today. I don't think many people consider that parents have a role in dating because we often yeah, think of usually. dating between a man and a woman. Yeah, but in God's economy, it, it doesn't work that way. That and I think sometimes Christians use the verse of a man shall leave his father and mother and go be with his uh, be with one woman uh, to mean like oh well that means the parents are no longer involved in his life anymore, and that's. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's biblical. No. A young woman and a young man are, they each have a responsibility to honor and obey their parents, especially if they're under their household still. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, among other passages in scripture, uphold this truth. Of course, a 30-year-old honoring and obeying his or her parents looks very different from an 18-year-old. Of course. So for the purpose of this episode, we are assuming that you are still in some way under the Authority. literal household yeah. of your parents. Um, while adults in, da- in the dating world do not need to exactly follow the advice of their parents for every little thing. For instance, when I started dating Ben, I didn't go to my parents with every conversation we ever had because that gets exhaustive and that would take yeah. many hours to go through. 
But, and your parents are assuming that when you start dating, I think rightly assuming that you have the spiritual maturity to be able to vest someone for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, it is very wise to heed the counsel of one's parents. Definitely, especially because like parents, usually they're married and they've dated before Mm -hmm. and like they have experience yeah they have experience in it yeah and if you just go in blinded it can lead to a lot of hurt but if you listen to wise counsel it will help with that it'll help you become more mature as you do it and that that is one of the reasons why we're having our fathers on here is because god put us in their households for a reason Mm -hmm. he gave us these guides for a reason we don't know everything i mean the male race to us girls is could be essentially alien as far as we're concerned. There's books called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. So yes, <laughs> yes. two separate planets. Absolutely. So that's why God gave us fathers. And I'm speaking for the female race. And of course, it applies to, to sons as well. But for daughters, that's why God gave us fathers. They know how young men think and approach marriage. Absolutely. Proverbs is a book devoted to a father teaching his son and proverbs 7 is a perfect example of listen to my words heed my advice stay away from the forbidden woman and he explains who this forbidden woman is and the signs to look for and why you should not approach her absolutely yeah rich i think it's really neat that you had david and i on because really what the uh, self-evident is doing is doing something that uh, this country, especially families in this country, have really fallen away from. And that's the idea of open conversation, open dialogue, discussing the hard things and doing it together. Mm-hmm. Heart to heart. Heart to heart. But, yeah. you know, our society, the secular society, the the side that is run uh, or is backed by Satan – wants to break down families. And part of breaking down families is a breakdown in communication, right? And so just just the concept of having us dads on is showing like people something, hey, like, you know, I never would have, I never would think to ask my dad about dating, right? Mm -hmm. That's taboo. Like, why would I talk to my parents about something like that? And the sadness in that is regardless of whether you have the best of best parents, or even just mediocre parents, um, you're missing out on experience, you know? And um, I think about it like I've sat down with uh, not all of my children, but the ones that are at the appropriate age. And we have literally, I've had them take pen and paper and write down, what do you want in a guy? What are, or, you know, like what are the traits that you want in a guy? And she had listed out all of these traits, but then I was able to add ones that she had never thought of. Um, Because it really is, in terms of looking for your spouse, you have to to know what you're looking for in order to be able to find it. And unfortunately, the world's way is really, um, does that person look good? Does that person kind of- Make me feel happy. Make me feel happy. How far is that person willing to go physically as well? That is often the case as well. How much money they may have or could make. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, things, some of those things are great. I mean, like, uh, you know, you want somebody that can provide. You want somebody that maybe has a good personality. You want somebody that's pleasing to the eyes. Those, none of those things are bad, Mm -hmm. right? But you have to make that list. And that's something that you could work, walk through with parents. 
you know, I, I know like if I were to do it over again, like I, I would have a much clearer idea of like what kind of list I would make in a spouse, right? Mm-hmm. I'll say that I got lucky and that my spouse hits all those points. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as luck. It's all a blessing. <laughs> it's all a blessing. Yes. But uh, it is important to make out a good list of what you're looking at in a spouse. And that's something that a parent who's been through it could help you do. Yeah, and I think scripture really backs up your point. I think Proverbs 24, 6 is a perfect example when it says, For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. And I, I think it's important for our listeners to remember that your parents were once in your shoes, yeah. that they were dating once, and that when they give you these lists, this list of counsel and advice, it's not because they're trying to damper your dating experience. It's because they're probably speaking from experience and they made mistakes that they want you to avoid. Even just taking wise counsel from like a pastor, a youth pastor, mm-hmm. or some other mentor who is married and who is older than you and who knows kind of what it's like and who can give you some pointers on this stuff. I believe another important role that parents definitely have is the role of observation. That kind of ties into what we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier. When couples are freshly dating, it's easy for them to wear these rose-colored glasses and see everything in a pretty and superficial light. Oh, their significant other is so wonderful. He has no faults. He's so caring. He can read my mind. All of these things that just aren't true when time goes by. (laughs) However, (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I used to think that, though. Like when when I first was dating Ben, I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's wonderful. He reads my mind. We're perfect for each other. And then we got in our first argument. I'm like, nope, rose colored glasses off, but I still love him. I'll stay with him. <laughs> anyway, That's I mean, good. all couples have those rose colored glasses. It's just a matter of what you do with it. Yeah. But you're talking about a parent's role. And mm-hmm. sometimes, because like I said earlier, that you can't see the forest for the trees, right. um, you need to get. Um, uh, a sharp rebuke or yeah. um, a correction, course correction from mom or dad. Absolutely. Uh, and it may not be real pleasant. Uh, moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, anyone listening to this podcast, it's so important that we have the hearts of our children. Because if we're just laying down rules saying yes, no, maybe, you know, whatever it may be, if we're just laying down the rules because I said so, uh, we don't have the hearts of our kids. Mm-hmm. We need to work through it with them so they fully understand it and that they can accept it and then say, yeah, okay, I get it. I'll take time off hard for whatever it is mm-hmm. that they, they're being asked to do. Yeah, and the Bible does say about like, it doesn't always seem pleasant. It says on Hebrews 12, 11, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's right. And it's like that with dating and getting advice from those who are older than you. And just in general, you may not like that advice and you may not like be like, but I don't want to listen to that. I'd rather mm-hmm. just do what I want. But if you actually take that advice and even if it's, even if it's like that advice that you don't need to use, but it's helpful, it it really it will help you in the future and Amen. it will it will give you it will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness you know Amen. right and to mr smith's point parents might see something well 
parents know their kids probably better than anyone. They know their faults. They know their attitudes. They know their mood swings that they have. They know their proclivities. And it's easier for parents to see that than the, yes. sometimes than the kid themselves mm-hmm. to see that. Because parents might see when they're observing a couple, whether it's their son with his girlfriend or their daughter with her boyfriend, they might see a pattern of behavior that might seem quirky and fun to them now. But they might see it and say, oh, my goodness, if this is in marriage 20 years down the line, this is going to be an issue. For example, the parents might see a lack of respect the woman has for the man's leadership. She might have the attitude of, I'm a strong, independent woman. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my husband. She might have that attitude. And she might be doing it in like a flirtatious manner and whatnot. Right. And the parents might say, yes, he's not your husband, but he's leading the relationship and you need to have respect for him as the man in the relationship. And so if that isn't pulled into check immediately, that can lead to unsubmission in marriage, which is actually biblically a sin for a woman to do. Right. So so there's okay, so there are what I would call red flags mm-hmm. in in people's character, right? And um, some of them may be quirkiness, there may be immaturity, which we need to, you know, allow for too, because you know, I can look back, I'm married with my wife now 28 years. And I can look back and say, wow, how immature, how selfish we both were, how, you know, whatever. And God has grown us over the last 20 years, and we've got a long way to go. The Apostle Paul says, I haven't yet arrived. Well, I can say that in spades, right? I haven't yet arrived. So we need to give uh, leeway for that. But there are character flaws and issues, like you said, Alyssa, uh, respect. If they don't understand how to respect one another, mm-hmm. right? We're supposed to submit to one another, but even more so in the role of husband and wife, submit to the headship, then how are they going to submit in church? How are they going to submit to the government authorities? How are they going to direct the, the, the home and teach your children? Are they going to be taught also those same values or lack of values, different values, worldly values. Absolutely. That is a great point. And that kind of leads into the role of the man, of what he looks for in a spouse and the red flags he sees in a woman. Yes. Um, Young man, how does your significant other behave? In Titus 2, 1 through 5, Paul gives guidance in how older women are to instruct younger women. And the passage reads like this. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled." So, young man, observe how your significant other responds to her family, especially her father. Is she respectful? Is she obedient? Is she submissive? If she is not those things, that is a clear warning sign for the life ahead, as she is not walking in step with the Spirit. A woman who does not respect, obey, or submit to her father will not respect, obey, or submit to you as her husband. Vodi Bakum, in a sermon called What She Must Be, which I encourage everyone to go listen to, says biblical you can find that on youtube yes okay. i linked and it we'll, we'll link it in the description yes. vodi bakum in a sermon called what she must be says biblical submission doesn't look for loopholes biblical submission is just submission 
Men, you run into a woman who is not submissive to parental authority. You have just run into a woman who will not be submissive in marriage. Because the first thing she is going to look for is an opportunity to say that you are not quite doing what you're supposed to be doing. Therefore, she is not going to render what the Bible says she needs to render. When you establish your family, what you are going to desire is the biblical model of children who are in submission to you as parents. But if the foundation of which your marriage is built on is you being disobedient and lacking submission to your parents, you're just like the sergeant who disrespects the lieutenant but expects the private to obey him. Also observe to see how your significant other responds to your family. Is she respectful to your father? Does she honor your mother? Does she seek to serve you and your family? Again, if she does not have these characteristics, this is a gross red flag. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I like the verses that you, that you, that you picked in, in Titus 2. All of these traits that the older woman is supposed to be teaching to the younger woman, mm-hmm. as you said, um, all of these traits are for an end goal. And that end goal is found in the, the end of verse 5, which is so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Um, and I think that's the point of all of those things is that the woman is acting or, or being in a, in a particular manner so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Yeah. Absolutely. If the woman passes this basic biblical criteria and the dating process starts, there's a clear role for the man in the relationship. The man's role is to lead and to protect in the dating stage. This means that the man takes responsibility for everything done while time is spent together. Men, plan your date from beginning to end. Do not leave room for a quote-unquote downtime where you can do wherever, whatever you want as this leads into opportunities for the flesh. Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Men, it is your job to protect the woman in the dating relationship, mm, so and this important. includes protecting her from yourself. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, so that's so important to protect her integrity, protect her honor, to structure your meetings, your gathering together, so it would be fruitful and not just, I don't know. What, what, You're what, there. You're there, yeah, just downtime where anything can happen. Doug Wilson has this really uh, funny metaphor or analogy where some guys with dating are like a dog in a fire truck. You know, the dog chases the fire truck, and once he <laughs> once he catches up to it, you know, he bites the tire, he goes, well, now what? What do you, what do, you do with it? So I, I think that... <laughs> That might not make very much sense. It does. No, no, it does make it does, sense. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Okay. So I had a date with a, uh, with a young lady when I was single. Um, well, I, I hope knew, it was when you were single. While single, you were married. Let's just make sure we are, we're all very clear on that. So, okay. so uh, this was, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I knew the family from kindergarten on. Okay, and so we knew each other. And we went out to dinner together, and I had nothing to say. I had, I didn't have any questions for her because you know what? I knew everything about her. So it was so awkward 
Needless to say, there wasn't a second date. Ooh. And so I blew that one, but that's okay. God had a better plan for me. So You got Natalia. That's right. Better plan. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, but anyway, it's just, yeah, exactly. It, you know, now what do I do? Yeah. You, <laughs> you caught know? it. Now what? Yeah, now what do I do? That's so to have really a plan great. is so important. Mm-hmm. So important. And even coming up with, like, I guess this is also with having a plan, but coming up with talking points. Yes. Yeah. So, so Rich, let's just real quick. Let me take this. Any any suggestive activities for a young couple going out? Um, I just I'll throw out two real quick. You know, I recommend bowling and country line dancing. That's a lot of fun. So or, anyway, that's what Natalia and I did. I can oh. honestly say I would not have recommended either of those. <laughs> <laughs> you see <that>, them. <laughs> that said, that said, I. I, the first thing I would say is make sure that the two of you are not alone. So Public places are really important. Public places, uh, other people along, uh, groups, uh, that, that would be where I would start. And so um, – and then the second, like if you're looking for activities to do – um, I think eating a meal is always a good one because if there's a lull in the conversation, you're able to put something in your mouth and eat. <laughs> and so that do not recommend coffee dates <laughs> because there's nothing to eat, right? <laughs> like we have ceilings. Oh my goodness! Well, in terms of not being specific, anything where there's an activity or something to do, mm-hmm. if you're referring to the initial times you are getting together, but again, it's with it's within groups. Yeah. Right. Yep. If you get to the stage where you're starting to get more serious, then at that point you should have already said, "Hey, like this is a person that I could see God leading to marriage." And if that's the case, if God is leading to marriage, that's when you go uh, back to like, Alyssa, where you were intentionally asking questions and running through scenarios or running through questions of faith, Mm -hmm. questions of understanding, because that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Because after that, the next step is really engagement. Right. Absolutely. So an important role for a father, though, too, is when it's when it's decided that this is going to move forward, um, is that you give the guy a hundred question worldview test. (laughs) 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 So that's very important. We'll make one. Disclaimer: It doesn't always work. (laughs) (laughs) And that that really leads into the role of the woman. I would say observation is a big role of the woman in the dating relationship. Um, young woman, how does your significant other behave? Is he respectful and honoring to your mother? Does he respect your father's authority? One of the indications if he respects your father's authority is if he asks your father's dating permission before he asks you. This demonstrates that he has a clear biblical understanding of headship when it comes to a godly family and he is willing to submit his desires under that authority. Young woman, observe how he behaves with his family. Does he honor his father? Does he serve and love his mother? A man that does not show deference and honor to his mother will not show it to you. I wish I knew this uh, a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're, uh, we're, you know, as a father of eight, we're we're starting to to see um, the dating scene come around and things getting more serious. And and, uh, these are really very important principles that we should be implementing and thinking about. Uh, as we go into this season of life um, where our children need to be protected and uh, and guided and shepherded through with the right goal in, set in front of us. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I would also encourage young women to observe their significant other's characteristics. Does he display characteristics of a leader, provider, and protector? One way that this can become evident is through your dating experiences. Does he honor you by opening the door? Or does he treat you like an independent woman who can open her own door? Does he treat you with deference and gentleness? Or does he think of you as one of the boys? Mm. Does he pressure you into physical zones? Or does he take steps to protect you? Does he provide for you by paying for your meal? Or does he bend to the feminist expectation of 50-50? These are all indications of how your significant other views biblical dating and his role. As for your role, young woman, much of your role is standing true to God's word. Mm -hmm. Respect the decisions that your significant other is making to lead your relationship if the decisions he is making is in step with God's word. And observe him to see if he has the qualities to be a biblical husband. Pastor Wilson, he has a whole, we've mentioned this before with his series of uh, his Dear Darla episodes where he, he is writing in terms of an uncle to his niece. And what he has said is that as the women, we have the power in the relationship to move it forward or to cut it off. Mm-hmm. So we do have, um, you really do have to make up your mind while you're dating if this is the someone that you want to move forward with. And if not, immediately cut it off because that is within your right. So you can't be afraid of saying no. Absolutely. Just say no. I think that wraps up what we wanted to cover in this episode on dating and its roles. I know Mm -hmm. that this is a very extensive and maybe new subject for a lot of our listeners, but I encourage you to really take what we say with the love that it was meant to be said in Mm -hmm. and that you really study these things for yourself and ask questions to your parents. Um, Until next time, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. As Paul says in Ephesians 5.31, and he's quoting Genesis 2.24, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And that is a good thing. It is a very good thing. Until next time, this is self-evident.